You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, you know, I was thinking about today, and I want to just take a little time early on today to just thank you guys for the privilege that it is to be your pastor. I love this church. I love you guys, and I thank God that he placed me here where I get to serve alongside uh, you guys every week. And, you know, one of the things I really love about being here is the baptisms. And today, I feel like a kid in a candy shop just getting to watch the baptisms as people come. I think throughout the whole day, we have like 40 people that are going to be baptized. I think there are a few of them uh, going to be baptized in this particular service and others throughout the rest of the day. But I love watching that beautiful picture of new life. And as Humby said, if you wanted to get baptized and you've believed in Christ, you can go to the lobby and we've got clothes for you and everything to get situated to do that. Um, but I want to tell you this story uh, about a water carrier in India. This particular water carrier would uh, dip his clay pots into the water in the stream, and then he would carry the clay pots up to the house where he would use the water. And he had two different pots here. One of the pots was perfect, and the perfect pot would carry 100% of the water that he would gather in the stream. But then the other pot here had a crack in it, and the pot with a crack in it would never quite be able to carry all the water that the water carrier had put in it in the stream. In fact, the water would leak out uh, the crack that was in it. And the perfect pot always felt really prideful about his accomplishment. You know, I, I carried all the water up to the house. Whereas the broken pot, the one with the crack in it, felt kind of down about its contribution. It's like, man, you know, I only fulfill half my potential because of my brokenness. Well, I wanted to ask you a question. Anybody here ever feel like the broken pot because of your depression or because of an anxiety or a problem that's in your life? Well, we could go down a long list of, I guess, celebrities and artists that we've lost in recent years to mental illness, to brokenness, like Carrie Fisher. I prefer to remember her as Princess Leia, right, who uh, was able to save planets and do all this great stuff. But then uh, there was Chris Cornell, lead singer from Soundgarden. And then his friend Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Linkin Park, who took his own life. And by the way, if you're considering taking your own life, if you ever thought about that, we want you to just call a timeout and stop that thinking right now. That's just a, a temporary or a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And I really love the declaration that was made by the grieving son of Chester Bennington. After uh, Bennington took his own life, here's what his grieving son said. His name is Draven Bennington. He made this declaration. He says, I make a commitment that I will talk to someone before I hurt myself when I'm feeling depressed, sad, or going through a hard day. And I think that's a great declaration for us, don't you think? And so perhaps God brought someone here today just to see that declaration, that you would make that declaration in your heart before you ever harm yourself, that you're going to talk to someone uh, when things seem bad. And one of the reasons that I love that declaration is very similar to our series declaration. It's simply this, that I choose to deal with how I feel. And we want to deal with how we feel in an appropriate way, in a healthy way. So let's make that declaration out loud together, if you would, when I point to you. You ready? Here we go. I choose to deal with how I feel. 
And the Apostle Paul was a guy who had a fair amount of strong feelings, and he was dealing with his feelings in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 7, or if you want to pull it out in your phone app Bible or whatever. But Paul says, but we have this treasure inside of jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, and not destroyed. And so this is how he felt on the inside. And Paul was a guy who saw all kinds of miraculous stuff happen in his life. He could do these miracles. He'd speak these things. And God did all kinds of great things in and through Paul. And then Paul prays that he would receive a healing because he had this thorn in the flesh, his problem, right? The crack in his life. And look at the answer in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in what? What's that word? Weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. And sometimes the cracks in our lives uh, allow and unleash the power of God in a greater and more miraculous way. And so sometimes grace is all you get. But I'll tell you this, grace is all you really need when it comes from God. So Paul acknowledges weakness and he learned to deal with it. And today I want to show you seven healthy ways that we can deal with how we feel. And the first one is through community through community, or I would say connection. And part of the reason I wanted to talk about connection uh, is because of that really great book by Larry Crabb called uh, Connecting. And this world-renowned Christian psychologist has made a radical shift in his thinking about therapy. And he says that rather than just doing psychological uh, surgery through therapy, uh, I would like to give a lot of psychological nutrition through community and people connecting. Now, certainly he would never say that therapy is not something that's needed. Therapy is going to be needed. Uh, But look at what he says in the book. I'm now working towards the day when communities of God's people, ordinary Christians whose lives regularly intersect, will accomplish most of the good we now depend on mental health professionals to provide. They will do it by, what's that word? connecting with each other in ways that only the gospel makes possible. So you've got one of the best therapists in the world. You gotta understand, Larry Crabb is sought out by major corporations to counsel and advise the upper echelons of management. And this is a guy that's saying through a community where we get uh, emotional kinds of nutrition that it can lessen the need for so much therapy. He goes on to say, The greatest need in modern civilization, that's a pretty big statement, isn't it? The greatest need in modern civilization is the development of communities, true communities, where the heart of God is home, where the humble and wise learn to shepherd those on the path behind them, where trusting strugglers lock arms with others as together they journey on. And look, City Church, what if we became a community where other strugglers could come alongside, we could lock arms together and be connected and give each other the kind of emotional nutrition that we all need to be interconnected in uh, communities. And look, some of the families in our city have a family member with, you know, bipolar or schizophrenia and don't know how to assist and help. That's why we've invited NAMI here today. That, that stands for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And you'll find the NAMI table out front. In fact, I've enjoyed getting to know Doug Beach, who heads up NAMI locally. And not only that, but in the coming weeks, we're starting a support group here 
for families of severe mental illnesses to get support right here at City Church. And so stay tuned for the startup of that group coming up in the coming days. But look at the second way to deal with how you feel. It involves conflict, conflict, because we all have that person in our life who we've had conflict with, who sometimes they've traumatized us. And so even though we understand that we have to release those we resent and forgive people that have hurt us, um, I want to take a bit of a time out and for the sake of boundaries say, look, if you're in the situation right now where someone is abusing or hurting you, get out of that situation right now. Create a boundary there. Get out of there. Okay? So just because you forgive them doesn't mean you don't put up the boundaries to be protected. And so I want you to understand that part of the disclaimer before we go on and deal with the rest of this thought on dealing with conflict. But you got to ask yourself sometimes, if you want to get revenge on the person that's hurt you and you want to continue to speak negative things about them, um, ask yourself the question, do I want to get well or do I want to get even? Because you can't do both. And I'm not asking you to forgive that person because they deserve it. I'm asking you to forgive them because you deserve it. And we want you to experience the healing and freedom and release that comes emotionally speaking uh, when you forgive other people that have hurt you. In fact, uh, not too long ago, I was in California and a guy came up to me with a prophetic word. And he explained to me, he pretty much read my mail and he explained to me how I'd been hurt in, uh, by a leader who I had served under some time back. And he said in a very encouraging way that you're going to receive a spiritual promotion when you're able to release it and forgive. And I immediately dealt with that and sent the guy that had hurt me some time back a text message to honor him and let him know I love him. And as soon as I did that, I felt an emotional release. And since that day, I've not had the need to vent. You know what I'm talking about when I talk about venting? You ever vent about someone? You know why you feel the need to vent. It's because it's time to forgive. And so that person that you need to vent about, that may be the person that you have to release so that you can feel an emotional release. But look at the third way to deal with how you feel. It involves your consciousness, your self-talk, your thought life. Your identity comes from the thoughts that you bring into your head that you allow in there. And there are sometimes that a thought comes into your head like you're ugly, you're stupid, or whatever, and you just say, I don't receive that because that's not coming from God, is it? God wants to encourage us. And so receive the truths of encouragement in your life. And these things affect your brain. In fact, I've been fascinated by the work of Dr. Daniel Amen. And this is a guy that his organization has looked at over 83,000 brain scans. So they've looked at the brain scans of NFL players who have been injured uh, and had concussions. They've looked at the brain scans of criminals in the prison systems as well. And Dr. Emin has been able to make this direct correlation between brain injuries and mental illnesses, sometimes even anxiety, even ADD, uh, and criminal kinds of behaviors. But the good news is, according to Dr. Amen, is that you can actually heal the brain. You can actually do things that are brain healing types of exercises. And I heard one interview with Dr. Amen in which he said the Bible can actually work as like thought therapy for us. Do you know that? And so let me show you this text that you'll understand what I'm talking about. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's Philippians 
4A. And by the way, next week when we deal with uh, anxiety, Humby's going to teach us just from this text. But look at this other text. It says, do not get, uh, be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind, see? In fact, Dr. Amon goes as far as to say that if you'll regularly read the Bible and meditate on it, it has a healing effect on your brain. That's not me saying it. That's not a preacher saying it. This is a guy who's looked at over 83,000 brain scans telling us that the Word of God can have a healing effect on our brain. But look at the fourth way that you deal with how you feel. It involves your culture. Every place you go has a culture. Every school that you go to, every company you work for, every neighborhood you're in, every church has a culture. It's tangible. It's the environment. It's the water that you swim in. And because of that, I wanted to tell you a little story about some years ago when I was dealing with depression. I went to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist prescribed to me some antidepressants. I took those antidepressants and thank God that I was able to go off the antidepressants. And it's been 18 years since I've had to take any meds for that, and I felt good. And I thank God for that. Now, others may need to take meds uh, over a longer, more extended period of time. Um, But the reason I wanted to tell you that is to create and speak into our culture. Because if we're going to have a culture where it's okay not to be okay, it has to start with me, doesn't it? And I remember those days of feeling depression. And some of you, no doubt, know what that feels like. And I can remember praying prayers that were very similar to what David would pray in Psalm 6-3, where he would say, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Look at this next part. I'm worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. How many of you have ever prayed that one after a long night of not being able to sleep? And I can remember certain nights where I I was so depressed, but I couldn't go to sleep that the only thing I could do to get myself to go to sleep is I would set up a TV next to my bed and I would just repeatedly uh, uh, play the three Star Wars movies, you know, the original Star Wars movies uh, on that TV. And I'd just lay there until I'd drift off to sleep. And sometimes I'd start with the first one and I'd get to Empire Strikes Back, you know, and maybe drift off, you know, midway through the second movie. And I would just keep repeating them so I could get myself uh, to go to sleep. And I told you uh, about this time in my life because I want you to understand that um, we all of us, myself included, need to be open and can be open about our mental illness struggles in order to create culture here. In fact, the mental, uh, mental health professionals are telling me that the main problem with mental illness in our city is the stigma associated with it. And here's why that's significant is because the time from when someone shows the symptoms of a mental illness to the time that they get help is typically eight years. And think about the damage that can happen to a person's life in eight years when family members don't understand what's happening and relationships can, and your support system can be degraded over a period of eight years. And so together, will you join me in taking away the stigma associated with mental illnesses? Can we say that here at City Church, we're going to be a place where the jacked up get helped up, but we're growing all the time closer to our Lord and closer to healing, wholeness, and health. 
Um, can we be a place where we're open and honest, where we don't try and appear better than what we, are, uh, what we really are, but we're becoming better than what we've ever been as we lock arms together in spiritual community and we're honest and open about how we feel and what's going on? Look, we don't, we don't make someone feel a sense of stigma when they have cancer or the flu. So why should we make someone feel a sense of stigma when they have a mental illness? It is the same. So will you guys help, help me do that as we're open and honest together. But look at the fifth way to deal with how you feel. It involves your chemistry. Your biochemistry could be causing your condition. And if you're not healed, certainly God can heal in an instant. Sometimes he chooses to do that. But remember the story that we looked at with Paul where he asked for healing and he got grace, which was great. It's great to get grace, isn't it? Now, it's not always the healing and way, the way we think we should get healing, and some of us need to understand the biochemistry of it and may need meds for a time. Uh, Dr. Daniel Moorhead is a psychiatrist, and he says you have to see your healing as a long-term war. In fact, a quote from him is that scientific research says that those who go to church and have faith are more likely to have good mental health. So don't give up. It's a war. If you don't give up, you will find your way to help. And one of the reasons that I looked into Dr. Moorhead is because he worked at a world-famous treatment center, the Menninger Clinic, and he asked one of his patients who seemed to be getting better, what was it that helped you? And this particular patient said, well, I hated this illness. I didn't want to have it, but once I accepted it and decided to tackle it, that's when I turned the corner. In other words, this guy was saying, I chose to deal with how I feel. I chose to deal with it, see? So look at number six. The sixth way to deal with how you feel involves your choices. Because in Christ, you can make choices about your own mental health. You can make choices like to eat healthy and exercise. You can make choices like you can choose how to think and how you're going to talk to yourself. You can choose healthier relationships. You can choose to get involved in a tribe at church that will help you. You can choose to get off the digital screen and enjoy nature. In fact, we're gonna spend an entire week during this series about how nature affects our emotions. You can choose to allow God to use the weakness, the crack in your life. So let me get back to the story of the pots here. One day down at the stream, the water carrier was listening to the perfect pot brag about how he'd realized 100% of his potential and carried all the water up to the house where the cracked pot was kind of in misery and ashamed, saying, I'm so sorry that I wasted so much of your energy. I mean, all those, all those years you've carried me from the stream up to the house and I've only got half the water up there in that time because the water would leak out. And then the water carrier told the cracked pot with a smile on his face, look, I understood your weakness and I want you to look along the path as we walk back to the house. Look particularly on your side of the path as we walk back to the house and you'll notice the beautiful flowers because I understood your weakness. And that's why I planted seeds on your side of the path, that the water would nourish those seeds, that they could grow and become beautiful flowers. 
and look, if you feel broken, I want you to look right here just for a minute and see the way God views you. Your every tear that you've cried has watered the flowers. This is a picture of our Heavenly Father's grace that He puts on you, that He loves you. This is your identity, is someone who creates beautiful flowers. Those sleepless nights when you struggle, you're watering the flowers. See, will you receive that today? Every time you struggle, every time you hurt, every time you're confused, every time it feels like it's not going to get any better, just know that you're watering the flowers. And you know why this was made possible? Because of the last truth I want to show you, and that is the cross, the cross of Christ. He had to be cracked so that you and I would have the opportunity to have a relationship with God. His power is made perfect in weakness, and there are spiritual components to our illness as well. In fact, some of you are aware of the teachings in the Bible about how there are demonic forces around that are seeking to steal from you, kill, and destroy people. So because of that, we need the power of the cross, see? So I want you to say those two words with me, the cross, when I point to you. You ready? Here we go. The cross. Because what I want you to understand is that no demonic spirit has more power than That's right. No biochemistry has more power than If you feel trauma or past pain or failure, you can know that Jesus felt it on If you feel depression, you know that Jesus felt it on If you feel unlovable, you can know that Jesus felt that on And look at this passage. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And then you fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him endured, scorning its shame, And he personally carried our sins in his body on so that we can be dead to sin and alive for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. And as we bow in prayer together right now, some are coming to prepare to be baptized. But I want you to think about this. Some of you that God brought you here today for this very purpose to embrace the truth of the cross that there you can experience a relationship with God and receive inner healing. And perhaps God brought someone here today just to simply talk to him in a meeting and I want you to just talk to God in your heart, own heart right now and just say, "Hey, look God, I know I've sinned. I know I need you. And the best I know how, I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin." I welcome you into my life. Others are praying, God, I ask you to heal a family member of mine through the miraculous power of the cross or give us the grace to endure and the wisdom. Others, you're having a hard time getting a night's sleep and you feel wound up 
anxious, depressed, traumatized. Look into his eyes at the cross and receive a sense of peace today, a sense of healing. God, we thank you for what you're doing among us. And as we experience this beautiful picture of baptism, we know that it was all made possible by the cross. And so as the baptism candidates come and uh, get set up today, as you watch the baptisms, what I want you to picture is a death, burial, and resurrection. When people are dunked under the water, it's like they were buried with Christ in baptism and they're raised to walk like this new life. As I was thinking about baptism, I couldn't help but think of the Old Testament story of this guy named Naaman who had to go down into the water to get healed. And so sometimes, you know, baptism can be almost like a prophetic declaration of healing. And so could it be that some are baptized and experience healing for the soul today? So as these folks are baptized today, I want you to give them a great round of applause and encouragement as each one goes under and comes up to glorify Christ. God, our hearts are just overflowing with gratitude for your grace to such as us. And thank you for putting our lives in perspective and giving us new sense of mission to love the bruised reeds and the broken ones because such are some of us. So we thank you for your grace and we hope that you're smiling on every single baptism and that it brings joy to your heart because that's really our heart is to want to bring joy to yours. You're so good and loving and kind and powerful, all rolled into one. And we can't thank you enough. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. You guys go ahead and take it. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.